What's up, guys? You're listening to the Life in Motion audio experience, featuring interviews around travel, action sports, culture, and more. You're listening to episode nine of the Life in Motion audio experience. In this episode, I sit down with Chase Kaufman to learn how BMX, mountain biking, and road biking has changed his life for the good and how it's helped shape him into the person that he is today. Enjoy. What's up, guys? I'm really excited to have uh, my friend Chase Kaufman here. Um, Him and I met probably about four years ago at Camp Woodward out in Pennsylvania. Um, At the time, he was kind of known as the kid that um, would send it on anything on his BMX bike. I'm pretty sure at one point you had an ankle boot on because you broke your foot and you were still trying to send flips and probably other ridiculous things. Um, But you know, flash forward a couple of years, and now he's also got involved in mountain biking and road cycling as well. Um, and it's definitely kind of given him some unique um, opportunities. Um, but to go ahead and kick things off, Chase, um, you know, if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a little bit about kind of yourself, you know, what your story is, where you grew up, your hobbies, and those sorts of things. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks again for having me. Uh, yeah, so what? It's been four four years, probably 2014, I think. I think Camp that was Woodward. the year, yeah. Yeah, I was real dumb. Still pretty dumb, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I got into BMX probably, I think I was I was 14, so like 2010. So I got into that, and uh, one of my buddies that I was hanging out with all the time had all these props DVDs, and you know, it's just something that I thought was super cool. And uh, just me and my buddies, we just went and rode bikes, and I've always been one of those kids that just wanted to be the best at whatever it was, super competitive. And so, yeah, that kind of just fueled it. And so from the get-go, I just remember, you know, spending hours all day, all night trying to learn bunny hops and 180s and, you know, thinking I'm never going to be able to do half the stuff that I see. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was stressful at first, but it's just like it was an addiction, you know, just trying to learn and grow and, you know, fast forward a few years later and, you know, I started competing in pro contests, and, you know, it kind of grew from there, really. So so when you first started riding, did was there, um, like, a local park that you were able to ride at, or was it, like you said, you know, just practicing bunny hops on the street and just seeing what you could do on the flat ground or jump on a curb or whatnot? Yeah, so there's a place called Springfield Skate Park, and, uh, yeah, it's just it's pretty dialed. So I think there's, like, 30,000 square feet of just indoor and outdoor park. And uh, at first, it was mainly just riding around the neighborhood, being a little punk kid, grinding curbs or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started going there probably a few months into riding, and uh, that's pretty much, I would say, where I grew and learned how to ride my bike. And then then it was, you know, off to the, the other local spots like St. Louis, Kansas City, things like that. But Springfield's definitely the, the stomping ground, man. <laughs> so back to kind of, you know, us meeting at camp. Um what was that the first year that we went to that was was that your second year at camp that was my first year oh, that was your first year yeah. at camp so um what did did that kind of help um I guess you know you started competing and that kind of stuff did that kind of help propel you into that and like give you like the practice to do that and oh, kind of that drive and push dude, being for there sure. like I mean before I could go that like before I went to Woodward I was I mean I could do all the the fly out tricks you know I was I was pretty much just the fly out kid. Like I, I wanted to do all the tricks, you know, I could do bar spins before I could air quarter pipe. But uh yeah, once I went there, man, I just 
was like this that was dead set on just learning everything like first day there I learned how to backflip and then flipped the box jump at lot eight like first day like dead set on just you know becoming great there and uh yeah, I went went there, not able to 360 a whole box jump, and then left being able to do like 360 tailps over them and doing all kinds of things, just sending it. <laughs> so yeah, basically no worries to that camp when it comes to resis and foam pits and just I mean, there's what a hundred BMX kids there at least a week, at um, least, and yeah. they're always changing out and always just I don't know. It's a good place to kind of motivate and push push yourself for sure. So. So then you got back to Springfield after that, and is that when you kind of started competing, or um, like what did that look like? Where did you go, like you know, to kind of get your your feet wet with that stuff? Yeah, no, I there was a uh, a little tour called Recon Tour at that time. I don't know if you remember Recon Tour, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just started doing some of those events, and then just random events here and there, just trying to get into it, figure out the whole competition thing. But it was it was probably. Cause I like right at the end of camp, I broke my foot and then, so I came home and wasn't able to ride and then I started riding and what, I can't remember how long it was after the first time at camp, whenever I've really started competing and just really giving a crap about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like at first it was one of those things where it's like, I wanted to be, and then I was at the level to where I could compete, but then it's just kind of, you know sacking up and doing it, it it's, yeah <laughs> it's a uh, I don't want to say it takes well from my experience I don't want to say it doesn't take away the fun but it's a little more challenging and definitely probably bring some frustrations out if you can't you know get stuff going the way you have envisioned yeah man it's like you know you do all these things in practice and then all of a sudden you all the pressure's on in the contest run and you're just like choking and you're just like come on man <laughs> when the pressure's on it like kind of kind of changes things some people you know flourish in that like do a lot better uh over time that's helped me but at first I couldn't if someone was watching me that's one thing but if like there's a whole crowd of people uh, I couldn't do it it freaked <laughs> me out I didn't want to embarrass myself or fall or I don't know it was weird at first just the, the spotlight is a little scary <laughs> for sure so if um I guess you know with you've been riding and, and still riding now um has has like the main thing that kind of have hooked you and can and made you want to continue ride is that more of like um I don't know if I should say like like a sense of freedom opposed to you know playing football with the team or in creativity along with that and then also there's of course um you know you have a chance if you want to to scare yourself daily with whatever you're trying um if you're feeling up to it so what has kind of been the motivator for you to continue or kept you excited about it I guess I think being able to push yourself every day, like whenever you first start, like you're not even able to bunny hop. And so you can spend hours doing that. And like every day you can get better by just, you know, repetition and just pushing yourself. And so that's one thing I think that it really intrigues me about it is just being able to push yourself constantly. But more than anything, I would say it's just the community, you know, like you have a group of people around you that just want to send it and, you know, they're stoked to be there and it's, it's just a lifestyle, really. I think that was more what got me was, you you know, all your buddies, you know, roaming the streets all night, riding bikes. Or, you know, I can remember, heck, we would we would wake up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning just to ride street before everybody got out. You know, there'd be six or seven of us just go mob around the town. And it's just things like that that really hook you, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, 
and then what is maybe a couple years ago that you kind of transitioned into started riding mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it went from 20 inches to 24, 20, 26. 26 inches. Um, was that just like another, um, just kind of a new challenge, fun thing for you? Or were there more opportunities that came along with that that you saw? Or That was what you would call a culture shock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, like, oh, I can do all those tricks those guys are doing. That, that doesn't, like, that looks easy, you know what I mean? And then you show up and the, you know, the jumps are 12 foot tall and 30 foot gaps. And you're like, uh, you're like, what is that? You know, is that a rolling? And that's just a landing. And you're like, this is insane. So yeah, I got into it. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. It looks sick. And so I got into it and was riding a mountain bike around slope style. That is uh, at a skate park. And I was like, oh, I can do this stuff. This, this works, you know? And then it was when I showed up at the contest and was like, oh, gosh, these things are massive, bro. Like, I remember, so the first, like, big contest I went to on Slope Style was in Colorado, okay. Colorado Freeride Festival. And uh, I showed up there at super late. I missed the first day of practice. And uh, I walk up and, like, I see these these flat drops that are, like, I mean, they're like 15 foot drop into a landing. And then you have the next jump is a long and low that's 45 feet long. And I just started panicking, man. I remember waking up the next morning, just throwing up, like terrified. <laughs> and it, it ended up working out. It took a little bit, you know, of like, like encouragement, I guess, to just send it through it. But the jumps are built to work. But, oh, it was a culture shock. I was, <laughs> I was in way over my head. So kind of once you just kind of had to get over that initial send and then kind of started getting comfortable with that. Um, where so the first one's out in Colorado. Did you do any other contests? Yeah, I did several. You know, I did a couple in Colorado. Uh, you know, I've been to Canada. You know, there's some stuff in Europe. There's it's all over. Uh, problem is, it's just it gets expensive yeah. to do all the big traveling because BMX. You know, you got skate parks everywhere. But the slope style, man, like the, the jumps you got to ride are, to be competitive are huge. And so you've got to be able to either have that in your backyard or be able to travel all around the world constantly to even progress at that level. And, you know, you've got guys in the in the game that are, you know, having these huge slope style courses in their backyard. And uh, there's just levels to it, man. <laughs> Didn't is, is there any any good place around here um, for like slope style to practice like those huge jumps or in, in any of the surrounding areas? So there's a place, this guy named John Andrus, he's in Joplin. Uh, I actually had built some jumps at, you know, a friend's place that I was using to train on him and everything. And uh, he ended up buying them and setting up this whole ramp farm out of his house in Joplin. So there's some, you know, seven foot tall, eight foot tall jumps out there uh, that kind of help, you know what I mean? But as far as really getting into it, like you got to go to Colorado, um, there's some places out there or Utah, you know, you've got, you know, Virgin Utah, which is, you know, home of Red, Red Bull Rampage. So that's, that's kind of a different, you know, than slope style, but there's still, you can ride big jumps and get used to it. Um, but there's just a very select amount of places in the United States where you can do that. Um, and so basically you're just learning on smaller jumps and adapting on the huge ones once you get there. But it, it works out. You just you got to get dialed in on the small jumps <laughs> and just be be willing to try it on the big ones. But, yeah, there's not a, there's not a whole lot of places around, which makes it quite difficult to do the slope style here. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, 
especially the, yeah, the size of the jumps, like the Red Bull comps and that kind of stuff is pretty, pretty insane. Um, and then, so, so you did BMX, you did mountain biking. And then, um, recently I've been, you know, seeing you on Instagram and whatnot, popping up doing road cycling. Yeah, man. So where did that come from? Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, it was one of those things where I could, so I was working at a bike shop, sunshine bike. Okay. And, uh, one of my buddies that worked there was big into road cycling and, you know, I went out and I thought it was cool and all, but I just, I never done endurance sports. And so I was just getting my teeth kicked in constantly and me being competitive, I wanted to be able to go out with my buddies and kind of, you know, kick their teeth in, in a way. <laughs> and, uh, I couldn't really do that. And so I just, I started riding more and, uh, just just with the local, you know, the local guys after, you know, work or whatever. And it wasn't, I didn't really get too into it until I went to a criterium race, which is basically like, like if you block off like a, a downtown square and, you know, you have like a four to six turn course that's like half a mile long. There's like 60, 70 guys elbow to elbow going 30 miles an hour. And it was kind of just like, a dog fight on bikes and I thought it was the coolest thing. You know, you could be super aggressive. It was just full throttle from the get go. And, uh, you know, there was, it wasn't just, you know, like the better man wins in a way, but it's also the smartest guy wins too. And I like that at the same time, you didn't have like the judging that you get in BMX and slope style to where somebody else is deciding if you're doing well or not. Like it's kind of just based off of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. you're, you're almost the judge, you know what I mean? You, you decide how it's going to play out as far as like what you're going to do in the race between strategy or how fit you are. There isn't somebody telling you, oh, that's good enough. Oh, that's not good enough. And so that also hooked me on that as well. Pretty objective. Um, so with the, is criteria, criterium racing. Yeah. So you said that's, um, so is that like a, a half a mile block is like what you said essentially. Now is that, is that, like laps or is that just one lap around no it's laps so most of them i do are uh as far as criterium racing goes they're normally an hour to hour and 15 minutes long okay and so you're doing you know 40 50 laps or whatever and it gets pretty hectic like when you put 60 guys doing 30 miles an hour (laughs) doing 50 laps it's it's kind of like feels like a slaughter fest you know a bunch of testosterone everybody's trying to win elbows going everywhere Dude, elbows you'll see headbutting like really oh it's insane like you'll ride you know 30 seconds just straight leaning on someone's shoulder trying to like push them out of the way so it's like a rugby it's like that or like uh, i was gonna say like roller derby for yeah road bikes yeah it's (laughs) it's intense man it's you know i don't know if you're familiar with like heart rate or whatever but no i'll do 186 beats per minute for a whole race so like just seems like a lot red line. Like, I mean, there's people out there that can't even get their heart rate that high. So how do you, how do you get the endurance to do that the whole time? I mean, that's like you train, man. Like I'm, I'm right now I'm training 15, 18 hours a week. Uh, you know, between, between races, it's hard to get that much training. Cause you, you know, you want to be fresh. Yeah. But if I have a block, you know, of four weeks where I don't have a race, I mean, I'll be doing 15 to 18 hours a week, which is somewhere around 300 miles, 300 plus miles a week training, just different workouts and just putting in work, man. So is that mainly, um, I'm sure that's a mix between just 
riding your bike and then doing like cardio exercises in, in the gym, I would assume, and like yeah. just a mixture of. So like you know, there's different workouts. You know, a lot of some days like I'll go out and I'll ride four hours and ride like eighty miles, and I'll just do a, a solid pace, nothing like crazy. And there's other days I'll ride you know, an hour and a half and two hours and I'll go out and I'll do like intervals and I'll do, you know, 30 seconds as hard as I can. It's like a 30 second recovery and then 30 seconds as hard as I can. So it's just a bunch of structured workouts. And, uh, you know, I've got a coach and he helps me, you know, pretty much be fit and be ready. You know, he's been doing it for a long time. His name's Chris Molesky. He's out of St. Louis, but, uh, he, you know, he's, he gets it. And, you know, I started working with him four months ago and uh, we just lots of work to try to be able to make it to the end of one of those races. That's awesome, though. I've I've, I've never competed, obviously, with that, but I've been on a road bike before, and I know it's really fun to see how fast you can go down straight away. Oh yeah, um, and I'm sure that's probably addicting, especially when you start doing all those bodies and it's like a real race. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what um, between the three? You know, you have the the. 20 inch bike mm-hmm. you have the 26 inch bike is our road bikes 20 they're 20 they're basically 29 inch i think 20 okay they're so they're 700 c is what they call it or whatever so there, there's the obvious differences but i guess oh, it's drastic <laughs> as far as like um differences differences and similarities is there anything that um that is the same or blatantly different when it comes to maybe the culture or um you know getting ready for a competition or for a race like what are some of those kind of differences and similarities as well yeah so as far as similarities, I think the way, like, you know, I've got to give a shout out to BMX. I think I've been able to be competitive in, in mountain biking and road because of the foundation and bike handling and just kind of work ethic you get from BMX and trying things over and over and falling and getting back up. And so, you know, I've got to give a big shout out to BMX. You know, it goes hand in hand. And like the road bike goes hand in hand with, you know, BMX. You get, you know, like guys like Daniel Dares who's a professional BMX rider, you know, he's doing miles on the road bike just for endurance to be able to do contest runs, you know what I mean? And so they, they all go hand in hand to an extent, like just being able to, you know, handle your bike on the road bike because of, you know, skills you have on another bike. So they all go hand in hand to an extent, but as far as preparation goes, like, <laughs> night and day like I mean like I said you know I, I wake up you know I go train two to four hours a day I try to eat right um, pre- eat pretty good you know and foam roll constantly stretch sleeping 10 hours a night for sh- like have to or else my body will just give out on really? me whereas the BMX man that lifestyle is a bit different you know you go to a contest and everybody goes out and has a good time afterwards and uh, it's it's just different you know it's like you got to work really hard. You know, guys are riding seven or eight hours a day on BMX, but it's so like, like it's in spurts. Like you're not, yeah. you're not, it's not all at once. Like if you're having an eight hour session, you probably rode two and a half hours. Yeah. Whereas on the road bike, you're putting in, if you do four hours, you're riding four hours. Like there's no, your legs are constantly going. Um, but yeah, just preparation for them is different. Like you got to be mentally prepared for road just like knowing that it's gonna you're gonna suffer for the next you know hour to three or four hours but bmx you got to be so mentally focused on like what you're doing that like i mean you slip a hand you know 13 foot in the air and you land you're gonna have a bad day yep <laughs> you're gonna have a really bad day miss some teeth or oh yeah dude countless, 
countless broken bones on the BMX. Like <laughs> you gotta like, and it's always the, the, the silliest stuff, you know, that you get hurt on. Oh yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's a little, you know, it's one in the same, but it's also drastically different. I know it's, it's no, hard. that definitely makes sense. And I think going back to injuries a little bit, um, cause I know, you know, you've had ankle injuries. Wasn't it like a spurt that you just like kept on popping your shoulder out? Like, oh, I broke my collarbone five times, bro. Uh, yeah. Five times. It was like, was it a six month period or something? Yeah. Nine, it was something crazy like that. Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, the first time I did it was doing a trick on the mountain bike that I do every single day for a warm up. It just, I just messed up and then I broke it. And then 12, <laughs> 12 weeks later, after I healed up, broke it again. And it was just constantly, like every 12 to 15 weeks, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Just kept breaking oh, it. Man. And now it's hanging out of my neck, all, <laughs> all jacked up. That's part of it, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it, it comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. Some people have better luck than others. Jeez. Uh, so, and then, you know, between, uh, or with all the riding you do, I know there's been opportunities for traveling. I know you mentioned before, you know, obviously we talked about Woodward and, um, going to Colorado and some stuff for mountain biking. Um, where, where, are there any other like standout places that you've gone, you know, with any of them? Um, or have there been any just like, you know, basic, like, Hey, we're going to get, you know, five dudes in a van to go to the spot that's, you know, 12 hours away or whatever. Like, are there any good stories that have come along with that? Or even if it's like, you know, for competition wise or whatever. Yeah. Uh, see here. So I remember like BMX days, like the boys, we'd load up and like one of my buddies, Jimmy, he's got, he had a Jeep at the time and we'd load up and we'd drive down to Austin and just go have, you know, a session down there for a few days and like trips like that all the time in the BMX, just road trips constantly. And then, you know, I'm, you know, I started doing shows in, I want to say it's 2014. I started doing shows and that's, that was a whole nother deal. You know, we'd, we drive all over the country, man, all over the world, you know what I mean? And ride your bike in crazy places and meet cool people. And then, you know, slope style, I ended up moving out to St. George, Utah to ride slope style out there and, you know, got to you know be a part of Red Bull Rampage and live with, you know, a guy named Reed Boggs. Oh, yeah. Who is just killing it on the big bike, you know, downhill bike and on slope style bike right now. So, you know, that was an incredible opportunity. And then as far as the road bike goes, man, like I'm, I'm doing 30 plus race days a year all over the country. Really? And so it's just, that's another thing with bikes, bro. It's like you <laughs> travel and it's incredible. If, if you want to see the world, man, it's, that's a way to do it from, you know, saddle of a bike. It's a good, a good excuse. It sounds like to travel the world to do that. Oh um, yeah. How do the how do the road bike races work? I mean, is it like a, is it like a qualifying thing? Are there different like regional and, you know, national and sub-regional and all that kind of stuff? Or like, how do you, how do you get plugged in with that and like move to the next step if there is a next step? So with road cycling, um, there's, it's kind of like how BMX racing, there's like beginner, intermediate, mm -hmm. uh, expert pro road cycling starts out at what's called category five. Okay. And then once you've had 10 races, you can move up to category four and then, you know, then it's based off of points on how you do like results, you get a certain amount of points. Okay. And so it works all the way up to category one. And then after, you know, category one, they race with pros, but then there's pro where you get like a pro license. You're, you're on a pro team, like you're getting paychecks every month. And so 
you know, I've worked my way up to the category one, two, like, oh, okay. so I'm, I'm almost there in a short amount of time, but it's, like I said, you know, even with slope style, like there's just levels, man. Yeah. And it just takes a lot of work and, you know, over time you, you just, there's races all over the country. And so you just get enough races, have enough decent results, accumulate enough points and you can slowly work your way up the ladder. And then, you know, the whole goal is to get to that top level and, you know, get a paycheck every month to do what you love and travel the world and hang out with your friends and get a bunch of road rash. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) <laughs> Road rash is always fun, right? Yeah, I'm dealing with it right now. Oh, well. See, it doesn't always work out, guys. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, you know, riding bikes for so long and, you know, riding different bikes for so long, I'm sure that's had some kind of effect um, on you kind of personally and, you know, almost who you are today. Um, probably an effect that, you know, some outsiders that aren't within those sports don't realize that, you know, uh, you know that ratty BMX kid or um, that – that dude walking around with a road rash, you know, they don't realize the lessons that come along with that. So, you know, that could be, you know, using it as an outlet for travels um, and different experiences or even, you know, meeting new people. So I guess basically what I'm asking is, you know, how, how has that helped you shape you as a person from your day to day um, life almost? Yeah, I would say, you know, I learned that I love to travel and learn new cultures and see where people come from. Like I've seen, and met enough people now that it's like, I, I probably would have never hung out with them or even associated with them outside of riding bikes. But having that like common interest, like had some like the I have some of the best friends, best relationships because of it. Uh, and at the end of the day, dude, it's just like I get it. I get to ride my bike and travel and hang out with my best friends. Like it doesn't get much better than that. So. Like, if it wasn't for bikes, I have no idea what I'd be doing. And so it's, I'm pretty, I just, I don't even know what to say to that, actually. It's just, it just, it's like I said in the beginning, it's one of those things that became a lifestyle. Just, you know, bikes and travel and cultures and people. It's, it's almost like in my blood now. I just, I can't imagine life without it, you know? Yeah. So basically, um, Kind of what you're saying, essentially, you know, just kind of give you a different um, outlook on life and just giving you different opportunities that probably might not have came up otherwise if it didn't have to deal with traveling and riding and everything like that. So um, so I know you also work um, and do, you mentioned before, you know, you do some shows around um, the country and um, I think you mentioned that was with Action Sports Outreach, or I guess it's a nonprofit that you work with. Um, but kind of who are they, you know, what what do they do, um, and, you know, what, what kind of is the mission of that whole um, program or organization? Yeah, man. So I, I travel with this, you know, Action Sports Outreach is basically the whole the overhead of it. It's the nonprofit. But the piece that I travel with is called Stunt Dudes. And basically travel all over the country, over the world, and, you know, put on a show for people, you know, go, go into schools and concerts and ride bikes and do stunts but we also you know share the gospel um, and we just try to leave a positive impact on people and you know just there's more out there than just you know riding bikes or doing this and that Uh, and so it's just kind of sharing you know that with people that like yeah we have you know things you know like bikes and all that 
some people have sports or you know professions that that is their lifestyle and what they love but you know there's there's more to out like more to the world than just that and so that's pretty much what we do is we just share the gospel with people so so basically i mean so, and you said schools and and churches and concerts and that kind of stuff so yeah. it does what is i guess what does a typical show look like i mean you know just kind of have like I guess assembly style is the best word I can think of. Um, and just kind of mixed in between, you know, what you guys are talking about, like, um, you know, the more to life than, you know, just riding bikes and those kinds of things. But obviously you mix that in with the show as well. So is that kind of, um, I'm sure that probably helps keep the kids or adults or whoever's watching it, you know, their attention throughout. So, but anyways, yeah, what does that kind of. So, so some sort of church or organization, someone will bring us in. And we'll do an event, we'll do, you know, a big stunt show, but either in the middle or at some point during the show, we'll stop and we'll share a little bit about, like, share a little bit about Christ, share a little bit of the gospel and, like, really how it's impacted our lives. Um, it's not really like a church service or anything. It's just to just to share with people that there is more out there. So, you know, we'll, we'll do, do our stunts and at the end, you know, say, uh, like, say I'm the person who's going to share you know, I'll share about like my past and, you know, losing my dad whenever I was nine years old and then my mom going in and out of prison whenever I like 12 and then how I found bikes and how, you know, that's what I, that was my passion. And then I still was turning to other things that weren't, you know, I wouldn't say good thing like drugs, alcohol, partying, women, like things that aren't really great to be turning towards. And, uh, Basically, I just share about how, you know, God got a hold of my life and the other guys on the team will share about, you know, their testimony and their story and uh, just tell people, you know, that there's more to life than just things of the world, I guess you would call it. And uh, just try to leave a positive impact on people and use really our gifts and talents just to influence and just be a positive light out there, you know? Yeah, so so it kind of gives... Um... The, the audience, I'll say, um, a different, um, you know, whether or not they're going through that personally, but it gives them a different, um, perspective and also probably, um, shows them that, you know, there are people out there that might be going through a similar situation and the kind of, uh, I don't know what I'm, we're, beacon, there's a beacon of light out there. I'll sound, say something really corny. Um, just from, from your own experience, so it sounds like that's probably a big reason that you stayed involved with this since I think you kind of started sort of doing that in 2014, so it's been four years from yeah. now. Is that kind of, um, has that, you know, when it made you want to continue doing that, kind of seeing other people's reactions and knowing that you're actually, you know, able to make some kind of impact, even with just one person at each yeah. place you go to? So that's, I, I was always the the punk kid and I still kind of am the punk kid you know I'm I'm like I was I'll say cocky and just I like to have a good time and mess around and kind of like push people's buttons just just for fun not necessarily to try to hurt anybody's feeling but before I was just a mean guy you know what I mean and it wasn't that I was really intending to be but I wasn't wasn't leaving a positive impact on people's lives you know what I mean I wasn't wasn't being a good dude necessarily and so now I just I want to meet people and like be like okay cool like this guy is yeah he's a good bike rider he's this and that but he's also like he's a good dude and this is you know this is why he's a good dude and I just I, I don't want to just be a bike rider I want to be more than that and so everywhere I go 
I just, I want to be a, an influence, you know what I mean? I want to have impact on people's lives, you know? Yeah. And so as, as far as traveling for that, how, how far of a span do you, do you go? Like, is it coast to coast? Is it mainly centered in the Midwest or? It's dude, all over, like all over the place. And, uh, I mean, not just, not just the United States, North America, I mean, all over the world. Um, I mean, the organization that I'm doing stuff with currently, uh, I mean, they're, they're constantly in like Africa and Europe, Canada. I mean, they're, it's all over. And then I've also, I did, I did several years with a ministry called Real Encounter who they're doing the same thing. They're all over the place. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm traveling with them all over the world and I'm also you know, I try to look at these races as, and that I'm doing on my road bike or contests that I go to as kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Just meet people and try to try to have a different light on things than that the culture that is already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we all know the BMX culture's got a, a vibe of partying, and you know what I mean. I I I get that, but I also try to you know there's there's more to it than that, and I try to. I do things a little different, I guess, and just be be a light, I guess you'll call it. Yeah. Everywhere I go, and uh, whether that's on a bike or off a bike, and so yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that sounds awesome. So I guess kind of following in that same thing, um, a question I always kind of like to ask is, um, what what could we and we as in just people in general use more of? You know, whether that's um, you know, more gratitude, more positivity, you know, basically what is the one thing that you see, you know, with your different encounters with these different people that just like that smallest, smallest change could almost create, if we all thought about it the same way, it could create almost like a ripple effect to just people being just more awesome. Dude, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, all that would be good, you know, more positivity and gratitude, this and that. Uh, I think, I think kind of like a little bit of selflessness, let go a little bit of a pride. You know, I, I still struggle with that constantly, but I just think, you know, to be able to, to love on someone, I know that sounds kind of weird, but just no matter who they are, where they come from, just to be able to say what's up and talk to them and not look at somebody the wrong way. Like there's so many times we get dirty looks like on a BMX bike pedaling around town, like people just giving us mean looks or cussing at us or yelling at us. And it's like, you know, if, people were just like more interested in, in humans and loving on people. I think you would, I think it would create a, a different vibe like all around really. So, so almost, you know, being less um, judgmental and being less um, to less likely to jump to a judgment about somebody or just cause they're fitting a stereotype that's in your head essentially. Yeah, man. Like you asked me earlier about like lessons or, you know, things I've learned from traveling and bikes and that's the thing right there, dude. It's just, cliche as it sounds don't judge a book by its cover you know yeah like you have no idea who the person is or what they've been through like there's there's people out there that I don't necessarily like and they're the way they are because of things that have happened in their past but it shouldn't change that you should still be respectful you don't Mm -hmm. have to necessarily be their friend and hang out with them but you can still be respectful and appropriate and you know you may leave like more like how do I say this? A lot of people may be rude to them or an a hole or this and that, 
But if you're nice to them, that may leave an impact on them. And they may be like, why is he different? Why is he this way? And want to maybe change or, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of problems in today's world. And I don't have all the answers, but I just think it starts, you know, in the heart, man. Kind of be more thoughtful with your interactions. I mean, yeah, because obviously we can't change everybody. But if you make a little small little impact on everybody um, that you can, you know, it'll hopefully create that ripple effect. Um. Also, do you have any, um, I guess, advice for, you know, people that kind of aspire to follow the same journey, whether that's, you know, through BMX or mountain biking or just um, kind of that competitiveness um, or maybe something that's been, you know, through a similar uh, situation, you know, what could you maybe offer that might help them? As far as like just advice goes? Yeah, yeah. Um, today's world, I've seen that like the older generation, uh, like they want you to you know, graduate high school, go to college, graduate, get a job, get married. You know, the stereotypical, like, American dream, I guess you'll call it. That's awesome. Um, but I think the reason the older generation does that is because they they just want, like, what's best for people. And they know that if you follow this checklist that you might be able to have, like, a good job and, you know, be able to have money or be able to take care of yourself. And they're just looking out for you. But I also think there's something to be said about like taking whatever your dreams are, your passions, and not taking no for an answer. You know, just chase chase your dreams and work hard. You know, there be there's a time in life when you're, you know, if you're 35 years old and you're married with kids, and you're still like trying to be a professional BMX rider or something, that, that there may be like a time to hang up the yeah. bike kind of point. But I mean, for you know younger the younger generation just work hard and you know just that's the kind of where it comes from because I've seen today that the younger generation they just they see something on YouTube and they're like oh I could do that that's sweet like LeBron James like oh I could do that but they don't want to put in the work mm-hmm. um, it's not easy you know the, there's this guy named Tim Don who's a triathlete who said something that makes sense uh, it's it's not like a roller coaster everyone says up and down I mean, yeah, there's there's highs and lows, but it's like a it's like a swirl, you know what I mean? Like it goes all the way around, up, down, around. Like it's not easy to chase your dreams. It's not conventional. Um, but if if you really love it, you'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. And so that's find find something you love, and it doesn't have to be a sport. Or just you know, try to find a passion and go for it, and find an outlet. And don't settle for like mediocrity. You know what I mean. Just work hard and be be okay to fail. You know what I mean. And get back up. That's that's one thing you learn from riding your bike is when you crash, you got to get back up. <laughs> and it's the same thing in life. You know, you're you're gonna fall, but you got to get right back up. You know, and keep keep chasing it. And as long as it's your dream and what you want to do, no one can stop you other than you. You know. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty um, solid way to end things. So um, where can people find you online and kind of check you out and see what you have going on and, and what you're up to next? Um, I've got a website, IamChaseKaufman.com. It's just uh, tells a little bit about more of my story, who I am, uh, different events that I'm doing. Uh, you can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, all that, at Chase Kaufman. It's pretty easy to find, and I'm out there, so... 
Awesome. Chase, well, I appreciate you coming in and chatting with us um, and looking forward to see what you have going on next. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, I really appreciate you listening and would absolutely love if you left a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, or wherever you're listening to this. Your feedback is our inspiration to continue these stories and grow.